0: I don't think we met before, but I'm the referee on this field.
1: Leinster could have me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. <laughs> rugby rugby weekly. Little pass, oh! Drive magic. Hello everybody and welcome to Friday's 42 Rugby Weekly. It's Gavin Casey with you here. Hope your week is going swimmingly, and I hope you're looking forward to a massive weekend actually in the URC for all four provinces joining us to look ahead to some of those games and dip into some of the provinces' new signings and how they've been faring or influencing their teams this season is the 42s rugby journalist Murray Kinsella. Murray, how are you and how is your week going, my friend?
0: All good here, Gav. I'm in a hotel in Galway. I'm heading to the Connacht Leinster match tonight. So I'll. Apologize in advance if you get a bit of background noise and even just a few seconds of Coldplay were were playing in the background, which, okay, I have nothing against Coldplay, but it's not my cup of tea, so. It's not my choice of music in the background is what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> where, where are you? The, the, that five-star hotel, is it? That looks like a, a 90-inch TV behind you there. <laughs> what, what, what's the expense situation?
0: I'm in the Muldron. I did not stay here last night. I just literally have stopped in to do some work uh, before I go to the game and I get a spot of lunch, Leinster are actually here. I see the team bus outside and a few large men walking around the hotel. Um, so yeah, they're all set and it's going to be a cracker, I think, in Galway. The weather at the moment is is lovely. I know people might be listening to this after the fact, but set up for a, a, a good contest tonight.
1: Yeah, well, if people could see these images, it would really stress the importance of supporting our work and keeping this show on the road as your bills flood in from Galway. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm only joking. As you mentioned, with the fact that Connacht Leinster is later on this evening, we won't have much of a chance to dip into it because the turnaround between recording as we are on Friday afternoon and kickoff, is a little bit too tight. We will obviously get into it in huge detail with Birch on Monday for the 42 members. It's members.the42.e if you want to sign up and join us for all of those additional pods. But let's actually touch upon Leinster's new signings to begin with, Mer. And I guess... Typically on a Friday, we do look ahead to games. Just wanted to, I don't know, uh, shake it up a little bit and maybe look at how guys are betting in. Um, I wanted to start with uh, Charlie Natai because he's been doing a little bit of media this week anyway. It feels like a, a pretty good place to start. And it's funny, if you go back to when he actually signed or when his signing was announced, not that there was confusion about it necessarily, but it was tough to figure out how he would well, I guess maybe it was tough to figure out how the signing made sense insofar as Leinster had a lot of resources in his position. To begin with, um, we wondered, is this just a signing that really strengthens a squad? And you bring in a a personality, not only a really talented player, but just a guy who enhances the entire environment. And in actual fact, from what we've seen of him on the pitch, as we knew, he's actually been pretty good, hasn't he? Like It feels like a pretty seamless adaptation for him, even if he is still in the process of betting in.
0: Yeah, I think he's been good, solid. I don't think we've seen the very best of him just yet. I think that'll that'll come, but everything we have seen has been good so far. He's obviously come on at fullback twice as well, which shows his versatility. He can play twelve, thirteen, and has a bit of experience at, at fifteen. That's going to be useful, particularly now at the moment when Lencer have real issues with their in their back three in terms of injury um, and a couple of guys out for for longer spells. So, yeah, as well, you mentioned the character side of it, and that is part of it. You know, he he's experienced he's a calm head he's had lots of different um, he's lived through lots of different experiences in the game and to have those kind of senior figures even from outside the province is really valuable and has been really valuable for Leinster Issa Nathaywa being the prime example and and what he offered particularly when maybe some of the senior Ireland frontline internationals are are being rested or rotated out so he adds all those things but actually it's funny I'm he's the player i'm looking at pre-match uh, before the game tonight norty and so searching through all his clips of the season so far and yeah there's lots of lovely subtle bits in there that show the kind of footballer he is he's powerful in contact alright but he can he can play as well he's got a really nice timing on his pass he's fitting in quite quickly to to leinster's shapes and plays and their demands he can take the ball to the line he can play passes late either back inside or outside, as, as you'll see in some of the clips, if, if anyone's watching tonight. He's got a kicking game as well, and and we saw just a glimpse of it against the Sharks where he teed up Robbie Henshaw, but he can actually kick long as well, and he's, he's got a tactical a, a astuteness. Defensively, I think there have been a few, as you would expect, a few little slips and just getting disconnected with others or, or making a couple of bad reads, and you can see that the familiarity is still to grow there, but he had a moment like the one against Ulster where he saves a what looks like a certain try, and that was a real just a moment of class and determination and will as well as accuracy with his his technical skill of knocking the ball loose. So loads to like there and seems to have adapted well off the pitch. So yeah, well, maybe eyebrows were raised at first. You look at it now and you think Conor O'Brien's retired and Henshaw and Ringrose will certainly be rested more and more as the year goes on with a World Cup ahead um, so he's going to be really valuable I think and, and to have players of that calibre in your squad makes sense we'll probably see him at full back a bit as well
1: Aside from those expected moments of defensive disconnection uh, what else would you like to see from him in order for us to see the best from him?
0: Continuing doing what he's doing and, and just integrating even more I don't think for a player like him it's about bringing massive X-factor moments and of course everyone wants to have those but he's a player who He's kind of a glue figure. Any team he's been in, the Chiefs, like, Leo Cullen's been tracking him for a long, long time, and, and I've watched Natai for a long, long time and admired him as well. Uh, back in the Super Rugby winning days with the Chiefs, he was just really solid in all aspects of the game. While others were grabbing the headlines and scoring the classy tries, he was doing the work that allowed them space on the pitch. And, and you see that even in some of his passing, he'll drag two defenders in flick the ball off late and, and someone like Ring Rose or Sexton will have a little bit more time on the on the ball. Um, and defensively it's it's just shoring that up a little bit more. Um I don't think he's a flash player or a flash person and that's really his strength. You know, he he there's many, many guys in that team who can who can grab those headlines and he'll do the the other stuff kind of under the radar a little bit.
1: Could you foresee a situation in which he becomes so important or so integral to what Lancer are doing that the monopoly of Henshaw and Ringrose is disturbed a little bit even if Leo Cullen is at full complement for a team selection?
0: Well certainly when Gary Ringrose plays so well on the wing like that was a really nice combination wasn't it? And you remember Ringrose breaking through on the wing initially when he got into senior rugby with Leinster so had played there a bit it worked very well um, and particularly as I say with with uh, back three players missing at the moment potentially that's one they, they go with again. I think the combination of Ringrose and Henshaw is, is so established and so excellent that if we're, if all were available and all the back three options were available, then maybe Natai misses out. But yeah, I think, I think you're right. It will challenge, particularly Henshaw at 12, I think, and that's a really good thing. Like, those guys have been probably comfortable in their spots and I don't think that's resulted in any diminished performances from them, but another guy comes in and you go, right, it's my time to stamp authority on this midfield all over again and learn little bits from him as well, which undoubtedly will happen. Like, it, it's a fresh view on things he's been in Leon for a couple of years top 14 experience as well and and he just adds a, a lot in that regard so yeah it was a kind of interesting signing at the time where you, you maybe raised your eyebrows a little bit but it's starting to make more and more sense and I think will do as the season continues
1: I did want to ask you about Ringrose on the wing and I know it was a needs must, must type of situation but would you foresee a situation in which it actually could be a goer for them where maybe just for a particular game Cullen and Lancaster see that as um, a viable option for Leinster, and and adding Ring Rose's qualities to the wing that a lot of other wing players just
0: simply don't have. For sure, and like we've spoken about on the podcast before about not not really, you know, the the game changes to the point that you know, of course, positions matter and numbers on jerseys kind of still matter, but it's about what makes the team function, and and that functioned really well at, at the weekend, and we've seen centres move out to the wing before I think it's Shane Horgan he played 12 and wing a lot particularly in the earlier stages of his of his career and successfully so I think you saw when Ringrose had the longer distance sprints that maybe it's handy to have a, a, an out and out winger in those regards Um, I, I felt sorry for him because I I was always the one who avoided trying to get into broken field on the pitch because I didn't have to show off my lack of top end speed he's obviously quick but he's not as quick as some of those sharks back three players and, and you saw that when he was kind of in open territory um, but he chipped well even in space and I thought he made good decisions in space as well so it's definitely a nice option to have and you know Birch has been flagging a fair bit on the pod recently about tactical flexibility and I thought Leinster showed lovely adaptability all round in this game and, and ring rows being an option there is, is a great one to have as well as for Ireland like tw- match day 23s can be tight at times and early injuries etc so it's nice to know that he's so assured in that role
1: We have spoken about Jason Jenkins Impressive start to life in Leinster colours on the members pod for people who haven't signed up um, and who maybe haven't heard you speak about him in any great detail. What has made him so impressive for you uh, as he's embarked upon this Leinster leg of his career?
0: Well, the speed at which he's he's impacted has been really impressive. He actually arrived in Leinster with a, a finger injury and had to have, I think, another procedure over the summer. So you were wondering, would he be, would he be fit and, and ready? But he looks really fit. The area that most stands out to me is the mall it's an area of the game that i've been studying a lot more and paying a lot more attention to in the last three four years and he is an absolute expert at the craft and that's what it is obviously being big and powerful and heavy and mean helps a lot but his positioning and his just the way he nails his role and gets into the exact right slot whether it's in behind a lifter whether it's transferring from being a lifter to that kind of bracing role at the front of the mall not to allow the opposition splinter through and and target the ball. He's excellent at all that. And then when he goes forward or when the Leinster mall goes forward with him and the team, very often it's in his area of the mall. He'll often lead that kind of shift up to the left-hand side or right-hand side and he excels in, in that area. And he's done everything else pretty well. Like defensively, there's probably more to come from impacting the tackle. He's carried pretty well and also looked really mobile around the pitch. You saw some of his skill level even last weekend where he in one early example, he lays a lovely kind of shoulder ball back off the, back on the inside to, to Sexton out the back and showed that he has skill level in, in that regard. So um, quite a complete start to, to life. And it's funny, like he's rested obviously this weekend, but quickly has become uh, a, a really valuable player, I think for Lencer and, and adding something very different in a an area where you thought, yeah, they could do with a differing skill set there. And I think it's fascinating that James Ryan comes back in and his last game in New Zealand was absolutely outstanding the last game he started was for for Ireland but now Jenkins is on the block and and I think Ryan will be keen to just remind us all that he's of world-class ability when he's at his best
1: at the time when Jenkins signed with Munster uh, there was a lot of I guess uh, criticism really of the signing within the context of what he might add to Munster and what they had going on at the province in their own right I think a lot of Munster fans have heard Uh, Pundits, journalists, even fans wax lyrical about Jenkins' influence at Leinster, and probably see a sort of a double standard there. And we have touched upon this in the members' pod as well. But just for anybody who hadn't, who hasn't heard that conversation, what is the distinction to your mind between Jason Jenkins being sort of an iffy signing for Munster, or or not iffy, a a signing that garnered a little bit of controversy when he arrived at Munster, versus just being a flat out good signing for Leinster?
0: Well, I actually, we should actually play that clip, you know. I, I thought it was a wrong signing for Munster at the time, um, but if if people do listen back or if we played a clip, whatever, you'll hear you'll hear me saying he's an a- absolutely excellent Roy Blair who's going to make Munster actually a better team this season. Unfortunately, he was injured all the time, and that didn't transpire. Um, but I don't think that in my mind that was never in doubt about the quality of his his play. I just felt that there had been a lot of signings from abroad, um, there had been a lot of players. Um, coming into positions and maybe denying younger guys a, a chance to, to push through, not just in the second row and not just specifically related to him. I thought there was a sense within Munster of almost disconnection with the with the team and, and the province. And I think that persists. And I felt that that signing was a further element of that. And amidst all the negative feedback that I personally received after, you know, after speaking about that in the pod, also got a lot of feedback saying fair play for, for saying that, even from within... The province itself um, so it, it, it clearly was and is still an issue in my mind and then I looked at Leinster and again spoke about it at the time when, when he signed for Leinster their, their squad is all homegrown and like provides the massive bulk of the Ireland squad so I certainly personally find it a lot more difficult to be critical when they in more limited examples, reach abroad and 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 take someone's skill set for from a player from abroad or non-Irish qualified, and and bringing those skill sets like an attai and a, and a Jenkins, um, like Leinster's record of bringing through homegrown players is literally unquestionable and better than virtually ever in the world, whereas Munster's isn't at that level, um, and that disconnection with fans I think is a massive issue. Like even sorry, I know we're going down a rabbit hole here, but even recently. I've been just blown away by the number of people who are just saddened and maybe don't go to the games anymore. They don't drive from around the province to go to Tone Park like they used to because they don't feel connected to the team. That's not a personal attack on Jason Jenkins at all, and and I I would stress that, and his move at that time. But I just thought it was another element of uh, adding to that. So I I saw them as two very different signings, but I'm delighted for him to, to be able to show what he can do on the pitch.
1: Yeah, he's flying it, and what you mentioned there could be a separate pod at some stage, I'm pretty sure. Just to look at the other side of this fixture tonight, um, Connacht brought in who are we talking? Peter Dooley, Josh Murphy, Adam Byrne from Leinster. Then there was and David Hawkshaw, of course, and then Seamus Hurley, Langton, and Byron Ralston. Probably can't go through all of them just time wise, but who has caught your eye the most? Who do you think has uh, hit the ground running in Connacht colours?
0: David Hawkshaw, and starts again tonight, has played 10, obviously, and, and 12 last weekend, really combative, gritty, you know, he's a competitor, and, and that's what I like about him most, but he's got a, a lovely skill set, that 10-12 versatility is, is really handy, and again, they played the at three out halves tonight, really fascinating to see how that goes. He's definitely started the, the quickest of those Leinster arrivals, Dooley's found himself on the bench a bit, Murphy as well, last weekend, but but comes back into the team. Adam Byrne, we haven't seen it at all, Um, and an you know, the last update that I heard was that there wasn't an injury. It was a bit of a selection thing. I'm not quite sure what's happening with him, but certainly a player who has scope to to, to be a force in, in in big games for for Connacht. Hurley Langton as well, a little bit of a slower start, but I think we're starting to see some of his um, combativeness around the breakdown. And, and Ralston had a couple of nice touches last weekend against Munster, and he's Irish qualified as well. So... Yeah, those signings I think not an unqualified success so far but even the way that Dooley and Murphy when they were on the bench added a lot of oomph off it they're a stronger 23 now Connacht I think and it has been a tough start to the season obviously but I do think that there's belief within that camp that you know the bench that they'll be able to call on now with those additions is much much stronger.
1: Yeah, and we do understand as well that it is only five games into a season but equally that's almost a third of the way through the URC regular season, the way it is shaped at the moment. So I might as well chat about it. We can always come back, and I'm sure some of those guys will have had a chance to make an even greater impact at West uh, at that juncture. Um, Let's look at Munster. And to be honest, they needed the impetus of some of those guys coming back from South Africa. Like the emerging Ireland contingent from Munster will arrive back as and pardon the phrase, like it's sort of soccer language, but like proverbial new signings, in the sense that they'll inject a little bit of confidence and probably a just a fresh feeling to the place. Um, among those actual new signings, of course, is Antoine Friche, who really impressed, I think, on that tour in South Africa. But just to touch upon some of those monster guys, um, not even necessarily new guys, who put their hands up. You look at the likes of Tom Ahern, Jack Crowley, who are on the bench against uh the Bulls, but it's the fact that they've been integrated back into the match day squad so quickly probably points towards uh, Graham Rentry and co realising, okay, these guys are actually in form and we need foreign players in our squad instantaneously.
0: Yeah, Munster need a bit of energy and a bit of confidence and a bit of bounce, and that's what they'll hope these guys deliver. We had another busy week on the members' pods, obviously, as you mentioned a couple of times earlier on and Let's hear a clip from from myself and Owen Toulon on on Wednesday around Tom Hearn in particular, because I know the South Africans were absolutely blown away by his quality on on commentary and it was justified fully. He was really, really excellent, the player of the tour for me. So uh, this is the chat that that myself and Owen had. Hearn is like, he's got something really special and and that's what we saw at 20s level and we've seen glimpses of what Munster hasn't really fully happened yet as a starter there for him. But I think this owner was confirmation that he is a very unique player that, you know, if Irish rugby uh, develops him now over the next couple of years in the right way, he could be world-class. Is that hyperbolic or is, is there is there real um, elite-level potential there?
2: I think so. I think O'Connell references athleticism, didn't he, as well? Him, McCarthy, and even um, Izzachuku as well, that, that they get around the field exceptionally well, which is a kind of... Um, and non-negotiable for the modern day lock you to have the, the the ip and the the knowledge at seppi's time to be able to to run a line and as you've as you've referenced um with the hern uh, defensively his cues cute reading cues excellent and then yeah to come up with that jackal in the 81st minute altitude so it shows he has a massive engine as well so yeah that i really did like that combination and i, I think you're right outside of the the three tests in November, those those midweek games. I I think it would be a really positive to continue those combinations because they are so important. And and yes, we still have to look at tight head lock, who's going to have the ability to to lock down a scrum as well, which is is an important area of the game. Also, as you referenced, Murray. So, yeah, I I think probably the two big winners from the tour in our eyes and in an area that that Ireland do lack a little bit of depth and it would be good to see like two promising young players starting to deliver consistently at that level
1: great to hear from Owen he and Murray get together every wednesday for a member spot members not the 42.e if you want to hear their analysis and insight midweek every week Uh, looking at that monster squad Murray as well For the Bulls, I mean, Patrick Campbell starts at 15. He's had like a couple of nice little flashes on the wing in recent weeks and has probably been one of a few players who has actually excited Munster fans and seems to be uh, almost taking the fight to the opposition to an extent in what he's trying to do um, compared to others. Like 15 is definitely his best position, isn't it? It kind of feels like, well, you'd hope that he would just get more opportunity to show off his top end speed pick a couple of holes and honestly just make things happen for a team that is failing to do that in, or has been in recent weeks.
0: Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a classy young player. I think a player of, uh, with prospect for the very, very top level. He's still only 20, but he has a mature head. He's got great athleticism, great instincts, great footballing skills. Obviously, he's got a multi-sport background and, and a successful one at that. And I think you can see that in the fluidity of his play at times. Obviously, around new signings with Munster, Malachi Feketo was the, the headliner, and there's no point going over again. I think we all felt in this pod that it was not the signing they, they needed, and it's been really frustrating for him, and I feel for him, because like, you can see how in, how much intent he has to make an impact, but it's just not happening. It's almost that, that desire to make an impact is working against him now, rushing, catching the ball, simple things like that, just grabbing at it. Uh, none like His reads haven't quite worked out defensively, and he's very capable of making thunderous hits, and I think that will... Will come, but it's just not clicking quite for for him yet, um, and that happens early on in in, in people's um, time with it with a new new side. But at the same time, there's a pressure there. He's one of the marquee signings. He's earning well. He's really experienced, and they'll certainly want to see more more from him. Um, you mentioned Frisch, Frisch there, and I'm really excited to see him settle into Munster because he does have something. Myself and Owen, Owen and I were were talking about it. Uh, on Wednesday he's got something unorthodox he's still a bit raw even though he's 26 and I like that about him you know he's not by the book he does things that you don't quite expect I think he's going to really really excite the, the monster fans so yeah interesting recruits the other interesting bit of flag is that um, obviously Worcester's players are available Wasps are now it, it seems heading into administration and fingers crossed like I hope that that gets resolved and new buyers come in or whatever and the players can stay together as a squad but if not there's there are some good tight head props available and it's probably an area of need for Munster. John Ryan obviously recently just went over to Wasps. Vincent Cock is at Wasps. Medrano um, was at Worcester, who's really good tight head prop as well. So I'm interested to see if there's anything a la Rory Sutherland to Ulster that, that happens there in the, in the front row.
1: That's the thing. I would have thought a few weeks ago that the View maybe just wouldn't make that concession, particularly in the middle of a season. These are exceptional circumstances, however. And the thing is, Sutherland and his move to Ulster sets a bit of a precedent, doesn't it? Like, it'd be difficult for the View to tell Munster, nah, when it's such a glaring weakness in their squad and these guys are available.
0: Yeah, but then the only other thing is the IRFU say, listen, keep pushing Keenan Knox. He's Irish qualified. Keep pushing Roman Salanoa. Uh, we already have NIQ tight head in Ulster say in, in um, uh, Tumang Allen and there's Michael Altoa in Leinster and we don't want to deny loads of Irish players so there's there's definitely two sides to it it's purely from a, a Munster point of view and improving their team in the short term that you're, you're looking at it that way um, but certainly I know people will be interested in, in those players and we've spoken about Munster's maybe need in, in the kind of hooker tight head department
1: just before we chat about ulster have you heard anything of monster interest in those players or is it just theoretical for the moment
0: no that's purely my theory i haven't yeah. heard anything concrete at all there
1: oh fair enough uh the emirates lines have been catching the eye and i think the perception of them as being the sort of weaker of the four south african introductions to the urc is changing by the week they've won what three of their four games so far this season lost their opener at home to the bulls and then Ivan Van Rooyen's road warriors just uh, have been eking out wins. And then they're back at home against Ulster this weekend. Uh, just before we chat about Ulster's team for that one, what have you made of the Lions? Like, Have they been as impressive as their record would suggest?
0: Yeah, some incredible results. And I watched that Edinburgh match the last day and it was thoroughly deserved. It's just so impressive to lose a couple of players and have some turnover in your squad and certainly a young element in their squad um, you look at Van Vyck in the, in the centre and Ruan Venter in the back row. They're elite prospects, really. They're underlining the depth that is in South African rugby. And in fairness to Van Royen, he's, he's obviously rallied the squad in the right way. So, uh, yeah, the South Africans have really, really come to play early on this season as well. I, I'm sure everyone's seen the Sharks match day 23 for this weekend. It's absolutely <laughs> ludicrous. And there's challenges, obviously, in integrating everything together. But on paper, it's. It's just phenomenally strong with Iben Etzebet back starting, Hendricks is starting, Sitsuka starting, and then Khaleesi and a couple more box on the bench, as well as all the class players we saw last weekend against Leinster in one of the really great URC slash Pro 14 regular season games. It was a phenomenal match. Um, So, yeah, the South Africans are are definitely here to play and and the Lions will definitely test Ulster, I think.
1: Yeah, that game has the... um, It reeks of one that will tee up a knockout game later in the season, doesn't it? In the sense that it was just so entertaining. But there's that little caveat from the Sharks' point of view where we weren't even at full strength yet and it just sets the scene nicely for a prospective semi-final or final, who knows. Uh, Looking at Ulster, um, a start for uh, Gareth Melinasovic. And other than that, it feels like maybe the team you would expect. Obviously, a couple of emerging Ireland guys as well uh, back on the bench. How do you foresee them going in what will... Be now a difficult away trip um, compared to maybe what we would have expected previously.
0: Mm, I think they have the quality to to go and win, um, and it's not a it's not a gimme by any means. Um, as we said, the the lines have been going well, but I I do like that matchday squad. I like the injection of those emerging guys, David McCann, who was good in his in the first game, as well as a few more on the the bench. Given Ulster that twenty three that Dan McFarland wanted and was probably frustrated he, he couldn't have with, with guys away. Rob Balakum I think would be glad to be back in Ulster colours. Definitely he was the one I looked at on that emerging iron tour and said this is a complete waste of time yeah. uh, for him For him, so he's probably happy to be, to be back where he is but they've got Vermeulen back in he played last weekend and looked good back in an Ulster jersey and yeah it's time for Ulster to start cranking up the gears and, and showing us that they're, they're contenders for it I suppose they're the one province, Gav, where the, the new signings this season haven't had chances really yet to, to make big impacts. You think of Allen not featured. Um, Jake Flannerys on the Emerging Ireland Tour. Michael McDonald, the same. Um, others like Sean Riffel, we just haven't seen a lot of. I thought it was excellency Bradshaw Ryan, Frank Bradshaw Ryan of, of Shannon getting his pro rugby debut in, in Ireland after six years over in the French Pro D2, earning his stripes. So that was a really nice story. But the, the big one they've brought in is now Southern and, uh, as we've mentioned and beyond that Stephen Kitsoff is an unbelievable signing for, for mm-hmm. Ulster. He probably hasn't really got the hype it deserves yet because it's quite far away and it's a post-World Cup but he's just a phenomenal rugby player. He's a big character with leadership credentials as well and it's in an area where they've been looking for a while now and he's going to make them a much, much better team. That Type 5 will It'll move up a hell of a lot of notches with, with his input. He's really world class.
1: That's actually exactly the point. And it almost sounds obvious he's going to make them a much better team. But like he will actually add a full 10% probably to Ulster's capabilities. It's the same as what Munster would have imagined from uh, Orkley Snijman if that hadn't gone so unfortunately from his point of view. Like It's not just the fact that it's a marquee signing. It's the fact that it's a, it's a guaranteed way of making you an actually significantly better team uh, for next season. It's such an exciting prospect. Maybe just, maybe just the fact that, and listen, Sutherland is a great signing as well, but maybe it's just that there is that little bit of a waiting period and it, it still feels a little bit distant that people aren't like dancing on the streets of Belfast quite yet, but they
0: will be. They will be, and and it's most pertinently an area where they have needed a little bit more uh, oomph, I think, they've you know it's always been the season preview really talented backs can the pack be consistent and in the biggest games can they be dominant with him in the in the pack you have a much better chance of doing so and for this season Rory Sutherland gives you a much better chance of doing that as well should underline that um i know he can get on the wrong side of a couple of referees around his scrummaging but there's no doubt about his his power in that aspect of the game he's really mobile he's skillful he's a british and irish lion so he improves them uh, very quickly in the shorter term as well
1: We'll park it there, will we?
0: Yeah, we will. I Better get my last bit of work done and then head over to the, the sports ground. I was just in Elvery Sports. Um, basically, if you're on the the new 4G surface, you have to wear boots. You can't wear shoes. So I I went in under the under the stairs last night. I found my old World Cups. Uh, they're missing a few studs, and they've seen better days. But yeah, I've got to throw them on. So I went over to Elvery's to buy some new studs and a, a tightener. It's been a while because I haven't played in a good <laughs> few years. I hope they feel, still fit me i'm glad you still had them yeah were you always a world cups man i was i was a predator man and like religiously slow in my early days and then for some reason i relaxed on that in world cups i even had a pair of pumas for a while but that was probably the worst form of my short-lived career as well so uh yeah back to the world cups and they're kind of just solid and they do the job don't they and you kind of look more they're kind of suit a veteran i think as well what did you wear
1: uh, do you know what i i probably embarrassed myself over the during my early years um, often, often I remember having a pair of adidas f50s I had those red puma boots that had this sort of grass pattern built into them that like Samuel Eto'o, would have worn at the African Cup of Nations and like bear in mind I was sort of like a, a lock back row hybrid the first of the first of my kind <laughs> <laughs> revolution so yeah so um yeah I was bringing a lot of style to proceedings not much else uh, but just just before we finish, so you're on the pitch, are you on the pitch tonight, yeah?
0: Yeah, so I'm due to have a chat with Andy Friend before the match, kind of walking across the pitch and then just standing on the sideline uh, alongside the monitor. But they're, they're rightly very proud of their new, their new patch and they're making sure that no one uh, tarnishes it, including the media and uh, the hangers-on like us.
1: So we're talking like blazer, shirt combo, some sort of Chino or jean and Adidas <laughs> World Cup
0: yeah uh, chinos and a long jacket and Adidas world cups that's the plan so hopefully there's no full-length shots but i've yeah just hopefully you' not but it, no it, no no it's hopefully, it's a needs situation
1: hopefully there are loads of full-length shots uh thank you as always Mer- we'll catch you again on monday for members cheers gav have a good weekend all. cheers go well tonight thanks everybody for tuning in it's members.42.e if you want to join us on monday for that weekend review pod and then We have Murray and Owen Tulin back in situ on Wednesday as well. Plus, November is only around the corner. We've got post-match Ireland podcasts for members. And we've got an event coming up for you as well ahead of the South Africa Test. We'll be back in the Harcourt Hotel on the 2nd of November. We hope to see you there. There'll be details to follow next week on how to buy tickets, as well as the full lineup for the night. Looking forward to getting back on the road. So until Monday for members or until this time next week for non-members. Have a great weekend, mind yourselves. Take it easy.
0: I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field.
2: Leinster could have me 5 million a year, I wouldn't go. <laughs> it is Robbie,
1: Robbie weekly. The pass.